Katie drives like a maniac. We must have been doing over 120 kilometers per hour on those turns. She's good, though, extremely good. And I've seen her take the whole car apart and put it together again in a day. My birthplace on While Away was largely given to farm machinery, and I refused to wrestle with a five-year gear shift at unholy speed. Five gear shift at unholy speeds, not having brought up to it. But even on those turns in the middle of the night, on a country road as bad as only our district can make them, Katie's driving didn't scare me. The funny thing about my wife, though, she will not handle guns. She has even gone hiking in the forest above the 48th parallel without firearms for days at a time. And that does scare me. Lightning recap in When It Changed by Joanna Russ. A society without men suddenly finds itself with men. And because we have a little podcast. This is Short Story Short Podcast, the book report that you won't be graded on. (laughs) I'm Chris Garcia here today with Christy Baxter. And Christy, you know, I am well rested and ready for the day ahead. It's it's been a classic. It's been cold here. We had snow this morning. What book should I read? Maybe just a small section, like a shorter story, perhaps, to keep me through these cold San Francisco summer nights. Reading a story as sort of a distraction from your life. That is a novel novel idea. Ha ha ha. I can barely get it out. (laughs) Uh, I would read When It Changed by Joanna Russ. And this actually appeared in Again, Dangerous Visions, uh, Harlan Ellison's second anthology where he was trying to change the world of science fiction to make it a little more adult, uh, he said with quotation fingers. It's one of the more remarkable stories in that collection, largely because it is one that didn't decide to go for the sex or the violence so much, but instead with a bigger concept. And this is the idea that a story about a world which is entirely women isn't necessarily going to fall into one of the sort of three categories that Russ mentioned in her later work. And actually, I think in the afterword to the story, that it's not like an efficient beehive of perfection. It's not a super peaceful new utopia. Uh, that's the word I was looking for, utopia. <laughs> uh, and it's not just, you know, the men become become less than and blah, 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 blah. Uh, there are a lot of those stories, including uh, Why the Last Man, which is a fantastic comic book series. Highly recommended. Three and three quarter stars. No, oh, that's substantial. On a four-star scale, it is. I always go by the Star Search rating scales, which is four stars. Ah, okay. All right. We're going by Star Search ratings. I did not realize that. I did not realize. I was going by the 11-star rating, in which case three and three-quarters is a little paltry. 
fair point. Fair point. And the eleven star rating is classic because it's it's prime. It's just it's absolutely prime. Very uh, prime. Yeah. And this story, the world, of course, all the men were diseased away. They lost half their population in a generation. And now men have come to bring back women to go and replenish their gene pool. And at first, I wanted to read this as an allegory of the British Empire. Wanting to bring people in from the the cream of the crop of the external world into England to make them proper English people and to change the whole composition. But I also realized that probably wasn't accurate. It's just sort of what happened. <laughs> yeah, I think this is just more um, a study in what happens when women are, are left to their own devices in society for a while. And then what happens when that, uh, I'm not going to say paradise, but whatever ends. <laughs> Actually, the, the reason I picked this story was it came up in a thread I was reading about what people's responses, women's responses to the, the question, like, what would you do in a world without men? And a lot of it was, you know, walk safely at night, stuff like <laughs> that, which, you know, I mean, since somebody brought up the story and I was like, but they couldn't name it. They couldn't remember what it was called. And I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though. It is while they posit while away as being a very, very much like the world we're in now. It's interesting that the institutions of now, like marriage, for example, have continued. And that was sort of an interesting little little idea there that I was sort of one like if you lost a huge segment of your population, how do these institutions continue? Like, I had no idea. I'm stunned. I, I, I really appreciate that, that they, they continued the institutions like marriage, um, just because it, it gave us this view of what that could look like in another world and uh, in other circumstances. And seeing, you know, they, they're having children, they're raising children, it just seems like maybe two is the natural number of people to uh, do that endeavor together. Because, I mean, nothing against people who, you know, want to like live in a polycule or whatever. But it's it, I, I just feel that it's only natural that you'll have the smallest number of disagreements among two people for something as vital and difficult and complex as raising children it's nice to be able to get along most of the time about it. I, I'm sure I don't have children. I have no idea. You, people who have children are probably like rolling their eyes at me right now. Whatever. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, there we uh, go. There's <laughs> one. There's one. <laughs> uh, it's always nice to have five or six people around. Uh, which it's is really why we're the, marriage is uh, by default two people because of the too many cooks in the kitchen philo or philosophy, you know? I'm just trying to think of all the kitchens I've been in that have had more than two people in it, and I can't come up with one. Really? Really? 
you have never tried to cook anything during a gathering of people? Because let me tell you, everybody wanders in and just picks up a spoon and starts like playing with your gravy or something. And they don't even know what they're doing. They literally look at you and they're like, am I doing this right? Do you need somebody to stir this right now? And I'm like, no, I didn't, but you're doing it anyhow. So here we are. <laughs> I see I've hit a sore spot. <laughs> this is this is very much I've always, uh, and I appreciate that maybe people like gravitate me towards me or something, or maybe I just cook things that smell really good and they want to be close to that. But every time I have, I have prepared food during a party, I have had people literally like up my ass. It's every time. Every time. Uh, never invite me to a party. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do appreciate the ones who help out and know what they're doing. It's the ones who know that they shouldn't be doing this and still are doing it anyhow that I'm like, okay, you need to go sit on a couch somewhere. Give them a couch a book and a little bottle of booze it's a way that there we go that's what i should start doing as soon as people walk in i'm giving them a book a bottle of booze and pointing to the couch (laughs) good call but this story deals very little with that oh we're talking about a story i (laughs) totally forgot (laughs) yes it does deal very little with women hosting parties shockingly (laughs) no they're out there they're hunting they're they're fixing cars they're they're doing all these things that some might say are stereotypically manly and answering the question of, you know, what would women do without men to fill the roles that men traditionally, and I'm using the word traditionally because we can all do whatever the hell we want, um, traditionally fit into and the, 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 the jobs they traditionally take. And the answer that Joanna Russ has for it is they'd be fine. They got this. Mm-hmm. I think one of the very interesting aspects of that is that the so all the institutions have continued at least as far as we see but also these are huge freaking people she mentions that she is one meter 80 centimeters which i looked up because i'm an american and do things right not like those europeans and that's about six foot six six foot seven impressive and if the astronaut types are bigger, they must be like seven, eight foot. Makes you think. Yeah, yeah. What what was it that inspired this sort of growth here? Um, I did actually want to point out another thing that, that popped into my head belatedly because I'm slow today um, about the institutions remaining the same is that that can also just be on the writer's part an attempt to keep the reader comfortable, even if they might have sort of opposing viewpoints, because as long as you, you know, have these familiar touchstones that we're used to, and you're not introducing like polygamous, you know, or polyamorous or whatever we want to call it, um, relationship setups as a standard, then you're going to have an easier buy-in for uh, more of the, the, the average folks. That's true. That's a good point. And the approach the arrival actually of the men to this world which is that without men is instantly viewed as a concerning thing and i think it's really the characters are defined by their not necessarily their view of it but their reactions to it are they trying to uh, dissuade them and t- or attack them like each character has a sort of a different mode of reaction to it yeah, definitely everybody sees this from their own viewpoint. 
and um, uh, the women see this from their own viewpoint. It seems like the men definitely all see this from a, uh, we're going to take you uh, with us, whether you like it or not, viewpoint. Because <laughs> they offer them cells, which <laughs> you can have all the cells you want. It's okay. You can do it. Uh, but no, they want the actual physical women. Which is a question as to why you wouldn't want to be able to just add it into the gene pool unless their technology isn't at the same place. But then again, they also got there. So, yeah, um, I think it's because they have, uh, they, they say that they want uh, the ability to, to reproduce, but uh, it's more than that. Uh, and, and they're not necessarily willing to admit it. Um, you do definitely see this element of, uh, uh, I would say that the the man who speaks to them and is trying to, you know, um, explain to them that, oh, you're going to be coming back with us, little ladies, um, <laughs> has a little bit of, uh, he might want to make a place that he thinks was once, let's say, great, and uh, he thinks is no longer revert to that previous state uh that seems to be his uh, mindset that sounds like a slogan i've heard before no 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 no. i just came up with it no something i don't know why it reminds me of something very very similar to uh make something earth plentiful again mipa mipa it totally was mipa (laughs) right uh and I think that the interaction between the men and the women here is, because in a way, this is a first contact story. But it's also not a first contact story. It's a, not quite a prodigal son story. <laughs> so it's a sort of interesting interplay is that this is something that this world has known, but these characters have not known. And that sort of interplay there becomes very interesting when you see the the closing of the story, where you sort of start to understand that this was not anything that was planned, uh, even the long-term staying, because it was originally called, spoiler alert, for a while instead of while away. And while away is actually a very interesting, you know, you while away your days. Uh, it's sort of indicative of just frivolous fun, I guess. Um, but for a while is just a place where they are for a while. And there's a lot of sort of interesting notation that I could see happening with the individual names that were given there and how quickly they were, because apparently it was only in a generation it changed, uh, which is if anyone has tried to get a street renamed is not feasible. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, there's not much you can change in society uh, or any portion of society in a generation. But it's nice to think that there could be a world where we could. (sighs) Yeah, it would be great. Change is just super. (laughs) Oh, yes. No, I don't think that's true. I think I'm, I'm too middle-aged to believe that. Um, <laughs> but this is really a fascinating story. And Joanna Russ, of course, one of the great, is seen as one of the great uh, 
feminist writers of science fiction, particularly of, of the 1960s and 70s. I uh, believe her most famous work is, is it The Female Man? This is probably the work of hers that I'm the most familiar with, but I haven't been exposed to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, passed away 10 years ago, maybe, uh, I think, and really was one of those names that, as time went on, became more recognized for really how earth-shatteringly important they are to the evolution of science fiction into what we're seeing today. Because there are a lot of themes here that, while they somewhat reflect more classical science fiction ideas that are now being represented very, very with more both nuance as well as pointedly, this is a statement I'm making about what is potentially possible instead of these tropes that we're all exposed to constantly that don't seem to reflect all possible realities. I mean, there's a there's a reason it was chosen for our science fiction uh, section of uh, my grad school education, you know, getting my master's in genre fiction. And when we were talking about science fiction, this was one of the stories that we, we read and that stuck with me. I said several. And so I think they were well chosen as, as representatives of the genre, although um, choosing stories for science fiction, that, that was definitely the most varied section of reading that we did um, when we were, you know, delving into each of the genres, because, you know, it's like, here's some romance, we've got romantic suspense, some romantic, you know, historical, and and here's some contemporary, and then, you know, like mystery, we've got, you know, cozy and blah, 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 and then all of a sudden it's science fiction, and it's like, whoa, whoa, like, my mind was just blown, like, my head was just, like, hinged off, hanging, and my brain open that entire week. Oh, man, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. Well, there are only three science fiction stories. Uh, A man comes to your planet from another planet. Uh, A disease comes to a planet. Or Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Those are the only three. I'm absolutely positive that there are more than that, but I don't have the energy to argue. So I'm just going to let that apparently be the official stance of this podcast. Not happy with it, but I can live with not happy sometimes. Because guess what? This story, the first two put together. I really thought it was that Godzilla thing. <laughs> I totally misread it. Oh my God. So much kaiju subtext. <laughs> And kaiju subtext would be the uh, subtitle of this episode if we did subtitles. Absolutely. I would be behind that 100%. Yeah. Got anything else on this one there, Christy? Not really. Just a good story, well told. uh, And if it stays in your head years later, I'd say that's a mark of uh, a successful storytelling. Correct. (laughs) But you know what else is correct? Um, the fact that we're going to be doing this again next week. Yes. How did you know? <laughs> it's, uh, I'm a, li- I'm a little bit psychic. Just a little a smidge. A soupçon du psychic. I am a soupçon of psychic. <laughs> there you go. And so then what story am I thinking of? We, uh, you are thinking of, oh my gosh, that's, that's so strange. The story is called the story of a sock. Amazing. That's what I'm thinking we're going to read, largely because we agreed earlier to read that one. 
well, sure. No, mm, taking away my psychic thing. Um, and um, I'm sensing that the author is Muhammad Al Asfar. Whoa, I didn't even know that. Um, sometimes my psychic abilities can reach into the netherworld of unknown knowledge. Nice, solid. Well, you know, from this netherworld of unknown knowledge. This has been Short Story. Short Podcast. <laughs> How long have we been doing this for? Year and a half.